Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50% to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health-monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the very last upfront. I'm Clay Morgan. definitely gotten worse. And I'm Rachel O'Sullivan. Spain are the world champions for the very first time. We're not crying, you are. The Lionesses fell at the very last hurdle in Sydney and there can be very few complaints. They were absolutely unreal and it hurts me to say it, but they were very deserving winners. We look back on the game, look back on a turbulent 12 months for Spain, discuss some of Serena Wigman's decisions and ask just what is next for this England side. Oh, and there's plenty of love for our absolute fave, goalkeeper union, Mary Bloody Earps, who walked away with her very own trophy this year, despite her teammates only coming back with a medal. So, Rach, we obviously love doing the pod. We absolutely love it. We love talking about all things football. Can't really go over the fact that we're very disappointed about this result. This was not the end of the tournament that we wanted. It was not the end of the tournament we necessarily expected, but we knew this could go either way. I mean, the stats going into this tournament, Spain were better at this tournament at pretty much everything. Better at pass completion, better at number of passes, better at shots on target, better on shots generally, better at possession. They beat England in all of the stats coming into this competition. What about goals scored? Uh, goal scored as well. Yeah, they were on Fun 17 much. and we were on 13. Wow. So, yeah, every single big major stat, oh, of course they played Spain were the biggies. So, Spain coming away with this 1-0 win. Uh, Carmona scoring uh, in the 29th minute. It was a pretty bloody decent... Oh, my God. That is fucking Infantino on the screens here. I shit you not. He's literally like God or the devil or something. The man just pops off at the most inappropriate moments, saying the most inappropriate shit. And just to give a bit of context, I think we are both at the stadium at the moment. Just finished our work in the media centre. So we are literally recording live in the aftermath of everything that's gone on today. So if you hear any weird noises in the background... It's Infantino. That is why. It's all Infantino. All the noises. But... Let's get back to Spain. Sorry. In the last two years, they have won the under-17s, the under-20s, and now a senior World Cup. So they are concentrating and focusing on their talent pathways in a big way. And now having this major win just can, kind of cements that. But do you think Spain were the worthy winners today? Yes. Think that's fair. I do think they were the worthy winners. However, I wouldn't have said that they were unreal. Mm-hmm. I thought they played better, and I thought England didn't play well, um, especially in the first half. Um, I thought that the back three would actually be 
useful against Spain. It wasn't. They were able to overload a lot on the wings and. Um, you know, I thought you know the likes of Lucy Bronze, and I don't want to put it on her because she knows that that goal came from a mistake that she made. She knows that she doesn't need to be told that, but it was an example of where the back three can actually fall down. And watching Spain make that immediate decision when they saw Lucy take off up the pitch on an adventure, lose possession in the middle of the park, and not come back, basically not burst her ass to get back. The speed at which they switched the play to the space that she had left was incredible and it's exactly where the goal came from um, so in terms of the, I thought the first half Spain were definitely the better team played really well I thought the formation change worked for England um, and in terms of the second half I thought the second half was a bit scrappy I don't think either team really played that well mm-hmm. um, you know England did have chances in that first half they had chances early on. They hit the crossbar. Yeah. There were moments you're like, oh my god, like that could have been your opportunity. Um. But yeah, I think for for how I wouldn't even say not to say for how well they played. They did play well, Spain. But I do think they only scored one goal, which I still I just can't get my head around with Spain is how few goals they actually score, um, when they should be scoring them. Um. But yeah, look, they they were the better team uh, on the day, and it's a shame that. I just feel like England didn't really turn up. They got really easily frustrated. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. And the the occasion did not seem to phase Spain at all. Well, I think these kind of games turn on a moment. And I think there were so many moments that, you know, missed opportunities that we had, obviously with the hemp, the crossbar, but also towards the back end of the second half, when we were uh, the back end of the first half, when we were trying to get that equaliser, which would have been the absolute prime time to get that, to go into the break all square. That's exactly what you want mentality-wise, to know that actually you've not got an uphill battle, you've got an even playing field when you're coming back out into that pitch. And I think you can see what England were trying to do in trying to get that goal back. But... There was a missed opportunity, and I know it ended up being offside, but Ella Toon had wandered offside, but also the, the ball was kind of whipped in, and then she just didn't get on the end of it. And I think that kind of summed up that there didn't seem to be that kind of, like, spark. There was just a bit missing, I think, with England today. And I don't necessarily think that was formation. I don't necessarily think that was the players. I mean, everyone expected, I think, to have the three at the back and then to have the wing backs, and that was what... Spain expected us to set up as I mean they knew that that was going to be an area of weakness in those pockets of space that both Daly and Bronze were going to leave when they pushed on and that's exactly what happened and and I think I, I wouldn't I hope that there's not a lot of criticism given to Jess Carter who I think did her absolute best in that she situation and also the second half the tackle the, t- the sliding timely interceptions that she was putting in must have saved at least two or three goals towards the end but I mean Rach talk to me because um, obviously Serena has been sort of fairly inconsistent with the use of subs, you know, not bringing them on to the 80th minute, bringing on some at sort of 70th minute. But I think what we saw in this game was obviously things weren't going to plan from the 40, 45th minute. So Serena changed things up at half time, bringing on um, uh, Lauren James and Chloe Kelly for Rachel Daly and also Alessia Russo. I mean, and then changing over to the back four. I mean, do you think that was the right thing to do? And if not, then what, what would you have done differently? Well, first of all, I think credit to Serena Wiegmann for making such a bold choice so early on in the game at halftime. You know, we were all wondering, are they going to bring on subs in the 60th minute? What's going to change? Not only did they bring on subs at halftime, they changed the formation. And I actually think the change of formation was more effective. The issue I had was that we then technically just didn't have an out-and-out striker on the pitch, your classic number nine on the pitch. I thought it was unusual to take off both Daly and Russo. I thought if you were going to go to a back four, you could have either taken off Russo and put Daly up front, mm-hmm. or it just it didn't seem to kind of 
make it make sense to me because then when we were finally with that change in formation getting crosses into the box there was nobody there on the end of them at one point hemp was playing a, a number nine and sure she couldn't get on the end of them she just wasn't mm -hmm. tall enough it's not her kind of yeah, yeah. Um, so they England looked more comfortable in that formation and again I think that's for a team to be able to change formation in the middle of a game is is impressive um, but I just felt like it got to the point where they were getting really stressed about not getting the goal back and I yeah. think that was showing um, I also think I'm sorry and I'm, this is not why England lost but I thought the ref was really poor um, yeah. there were a couple of really surprising decisions Lauren Hemp got a yellow card for nothing um, Parioelo should have been sent off she should have got a second yell because oh my God, yeah. she intentionally kicked the ball away and the ref bottled it um, and there was like you know Lauren James was bodied at one point and absolutely taken out so was Lauren Hemp it just I thought the referee was letting things way too much go and missing stuff. Um, and that was a bit frustrating because this is the biggest stage and we should have the best refs. Um, so that was a bit unfortunate. Bring it, back Stephanie Frappart. Where was she? <laughs> With her little voice. Um, <laughs> but uh, to be fair, it's not like I think they were necessarily game-changing decisions, although had Parioela gone off, that could have been an interesting one. Um, but yeah, it's not. It's, I'm not saying it in a kind of the ref is why England lost that's not the situation England didn't play as well as they should have well we need something to blame surely uh, okay. like, come on if you want um, I mean it wasn't, there wasn't VAR wasn't really involved in the game except like, for the handball except for the handball which was a handball um, yeah we don't really have any other kind of excuses for it um, but thanks for that just like a nice <laughs> gentle door close fucking hell that's it that's fault England well. fans leaving after the game <laughs> Um, I think for me, I think what well, I think Spain tactically got it right. They knew the areas to exploit, and also even things like they knew what they anticipated things that were going to happen in that game. I think everyone kind of knew or suspected that Lauren James would be coming into the game at some point. And as soon as she was on the pitch, what they did was man mark the absolute living daylights out of her. Literally, and they, physically, had their arms around her. I have the photos. Everything. So that within, the, I think, within about five or ten minutes of her being on the field, she'd been fouled horrendously, like twice in the space of like a really short space of time. And I think what that was trying to do was almost give us a sort of like Nigeria part two. Like they see how she reacts, like that she's just come back into the fold, that she, you know, will want to take things a little bit sort of um, I don't know that she does have a bit of a hot head that she might sort of react to situations and you could see maybe them just sort of playing on that so like even very fine tweaks it just felt like they kind of had the upper hand with us on everything and like even looking back over the stats at the end of the game again pass completion shots possession shots on target they beat us in every single Still area only one goal Still only the one goal. I just don't get it. Do but you know, I do think that's credit to the defensive work that was put. I mean, Jess Carter, without Jess Carter there and the inter interceptions she made, it would have been least. Jess really Carter nil. has been England's player of the tournament. Right? Do you reckon? Been, yeah. I think okay. we talked a bit about, you know, Alex Greenwood has had a good tournament. Yeah. She thinks she was brilliant today. Um, also, know, recover quickly, Alex. Like, you took an absolute blow to the head oh my today. Gosh, yeah, yeah it looked really hell. nasty. And they um, just bandaged her up and put her back on again. Yeah. Um, you know, Lauren Hemp has been superb as well. But I think uh, Jess Carter has seriously come into her own mm -hmm. in this tournament. She's been absolutely unreal. We spoke a little bit before we recorded about Mary Earps and some of her really crucial saves that she's made in this tournament. Jess Carter has made some absolutely crucial, crucial tackles. Her 1v1 defending is mm -hmm. like one of the best bar none. Her speed, the kind of recovery tackles she's the made. The speed, I think, she's I, was, unbelievable. I, I didn't see that speed in like with her like in other internationals that she's played in like I, I just that seems to have escalated everything that I kind of see or saw as a weakness in Jess it feels like she has worked on and now we're at a stage where she seems like a really robust like someone that you wouldn't have any concerns with at all yeah she's absolutely um, in my team of the tournament and for me I think 
I'm going to say England's best player in the tournament. Really? Yeah. Okay, so what do we think about Mary Earps taking away the Golden Glove? Because you kind of had a bit of controversial thoughts on that. My view was absolutely well-deserved. I was like, she hasn't been massively present in every single game, but every time she has been called to action, she has completely done a perfect job. Some of the saves that she's pulled off, we wouldn't have got into this position in the tournament had it not been for her. I think everyone sort of like harps back to that one sort of like looping David Seaman type er error. And to me, that's not an error. I've looked back over that a couple of times and I don't think it's that obvious an error. Um, but by that, she's not put a foot wrong. All the goals that have been scored in this tournament, um, again, or that England have conceded, have been unsavable, in my opinion, unsavable. So she's not put a foot wrong. And also, she's been an absolute legend at the start of the tournament, raising all this stuff about goalkeeper kits not being on sale. And now that's going to be a conversation that hopefully herself and a number of other goalkeepers will be picking up. So, Well, yeah, she's just gone and won the bloody Golden Glove at a World Cup. Like, what more does she have to do? She's and so the best. By, thing is by me saying that I, I didn't think she was going to get golden glove doesn't mean I don't think she had an absolutely unreal tournament That's I think she was like amazing very harsh. Um, before this game I was giving it to Cichira Musevic also worthy because contender. I think like Mary Earps the saves she made got them to where they got to in this tournament yeah like she's the main reason that they got there so beforehand like that's when we were thinking you know um player the team of the tournament that's who we were thinking of putting in goal and that is no in any way disrespect to Mary Herbst because she's had an absolutely phenomenal tournament um, but that's who I would have picked but I think it's also really awkward when you have those and the players aren't here okay so your player of the tournament is going to England's goal. player of the tournament is going to England, Jess Carter England player of the tournament and yeah. your keeper player of the tournament is going to yeah the cheering message and I think Aitana Bonmati was yeah that's a fair player of the tournament well to give talking of which a friend of the pod Amy Ruski uh, tweeted that Bonmati's Ballon d'Or is in the post and that this is an inevitable win for her this year she picked up player of the tournament got that golden ball award and rightly so we've done nothing but talk about her and I think um obviously I think going into the tournament I do think a lot of attention and um, press coverage was always going to be about Piteas and when she was going to come back in and the fact that she was you know, going to make these starts and kind of captain Spain to, to glory and things but actually what's developed is that and she looked really fucked off actually towards the end like when she I think England were doing some stuff and like the ball was out of play but she wasn't allowed onto the pitch and obviously every single minute that she wasn't allowed on she was getting more and more worked up because she only had about five six minutes of her game time and made very little impact but I think throughout this tournament that is a theme that we have seen and that sounds really harsh but it does the Spanish team don't need Piteas this guy same same guy he feels the same way he's just really angry about Piteas it's like it's an open shut closed. door it's an, an yeah. open and fucking slam door is what it is <laughs> um, okay that's fair but I think I think like you could take a player, any of those players, out of that Spanish team, and that Spanish team would still be unreal. I agree, so absolutely. It's, and I, I said this to you previously. I think Pateas is still finding her feet coming back from injury, um, and I think to expect her to be their one of their outlet best players at this tournament it probably wasn't going to happen. But also the kind of pressures off her as well because she doesn't have to be. She's surrounded by this raw talent. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think the one thing I was thinking of while watching them lift that trophy was the likes of your Matthew Leons and the other players sat at home and probably not watching it. Maybe they are watching it. I don't know. But sat at home and they should be here lifting that trophy. And instead, the Spanish team were lifting Jorge Vilda and throwing him in the air. I was praying they'd drop him. They didn't. And then <laughs> you also had the president of the like federation. Oh, my God. S- honest to God, like smooching 
every single player's cheek. It was so weird. Like, it wasn't like, it, you know when you go cheek to cheek? It was a full-on, like, l- long... Don't. Smoochy thing on each cheek. Stop Infantine, going over it. People don't need to was hear that to noise. In the bloody trophy celebration, he was insisting on being the one to hand. The Queen of Spain was there, wasn't she? That was the Queen, right? Uh, Princess. Yeah. Some royalty. Obviously, yeah. England's royalty would never. But she was there. And not only was she there, she was handing out like the medals, hugging all the players. She was then, I think, meant to give the players the trophy. Mm-hmm. Infantino wouldn't let it go. He like insisted on coming over with her. And all of our us photographers were like, get the fuck nah. out of the shot. Nah. This is not your moment. Um, but she was there. She was there with the celebrations. They bounced around with her waving the trophy in the air. She had a shirt. She was waving around. I thought it was so cool that she came all the way out here to support her team. What's a lovely monarch that is. Yeah, wow. Um, But yeah, just some of the... And then the Spanish Federation have gone and tweeted Vilda in, like, talk about being so tone deaf. It's disgusting. It's (laughs) probably the worst tweet I've seen all tournament. (laughs) And there have been some humdingers, but that is by far the most fly in the face of everything that this tournament is about that you can possibly imagine. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. But I think to bring it back to the positives around Spain, bring it back to the players in this tournament. I mean, Jenny Hermoso also getting an award today. Samuel Paraluelo, Paraluelo every every time. One of the young player of the tournament. <laughs> We've not even drunk anything. Yeah. Um, one of the young player of the tournament. Do you think that she, after Bon Matty gets her Ballon d'Or, obviously next year? Oh, she's next. Yeah, yeah, 100%. And then the year after, Paolo Uelo, do you reckon? Oh, yeah. Yeah? Um, and then Catacol, I thought, had a really great game. Um, yeah, I think um, Yeah, I think Spain probably had that wrapped up for the next two, three, four years. This is, like, just the start. And yeah. if they get a decent manager, like, pfft, unreal. Can Look what imagine? they can do with, with, that, with that guy. With that can judge. you imagine? Um, Spain with someone decent. No, I'm, glad, I'm glad that they've they've gotten what they deserve. But I am going to point out that I've seen people say, don't talk about Vilda now, blah, blah, blah. blah. And mm-hmm. it's like, no, because this is our responsibility to talk about him and it's our responsibility to keep highlighting it. Um, and I think far too often, just because people win a football match, we forgive an awful lot of shit. I'm looking at you, Man United. Um, so <laughs> I'm sorry, but like we are going to keep talking about it because it needs to keep being talked about. Um, and I think that tweet from the Spanish Federation was a disgrace. Mate, I could not have summed that up any better. Absolutely perfectly put. Um, there's been a lot of horrendous federations that have taken... Like, I think there's a lot of federations... They were competing with each other. It was. It was kind of um, a tournament of no, shithousery. Yeah, it was bad. And I can't say for sure who would have got gold, silver and bronze, but I think I think Spain are up there, for sure. Well, Jorge Vilda is up there. Specifically, and the president. And the president. Uh, yeah, Infantino's got... You know, and Infantino. It just dropped a bomb, an unnecessary bomb this week, and it just it didn't need to happen. But 
Before this game, Serena Vigman assured everyone that she's going nowhere before her contract expires in 2025. Obviously, this would have been another pinnacle on her already absolutely stellar career. There were talks that the US were going to poach her. We spoke to Mark Bullingham uh, earlier on in the week, and he was saying, yeah, if the USA came for her, we'd absolutely reject that. But also at the same time saying that Serena had a good salary that was in line with the market rate, but also not making any uh, real comments of any value about the fact that it was a missed opportunity really for England to pay above the market rate if not have pay parity You've got the with best manager in the world Gareth Southgate do you know what Gareth Southgate earns Susie did an article on this oh god what 5 million shut the front do you know what door. Serena Beekman gets it's about 400k 400,000 my life. Now, I know the argument around club football and domestic football is entirely different. It's a business. I get it. Playing for your country is the same job, man or woman. And to think what England have achieved, and she's like, it's one thing not getting equal pay. To be paid that much less is wild. I, I it, it beggars belief the kind of justification around this that it's not in, that it's the market rate, but the people who determine how much they're going to pay. So normally men of federations and FAs and things like that are determining the market rate and then saying it's the market rate that's still so low. That's the thing that kind of really gets me. Um, yeah, not great. But I think now I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna find that guy <laughs> and I'm gonna listen. I'm just. I'll record it for you. We'll put it in at the end of this episode. <laughs> We're losing our minds over here. He's gone um, up and down them stairs. I'll fucking throw him down there. <laughs> honest to God. Please bear with us. Sorry. It's the last podcast. We've done so many podcasts. We've, we've spoken so much and been in like so many amazing environments and we're so disappointed about how this night was supposed to be going. We all wanted that celebratory glass of champagne. It, that was, we wanted, we wanted to party with the players. We wanted to get into the mix zone and like get absolutely you know, massive wild quotes Mary about Earps how happy the, they were. on the table again. Yeah, we wanted to see Mary Earps dancing, throwing her gloves about. But what we actually saw down the mix zone was no one wanted to speak to us. We got a couple of comments from Lucy Bonds and Jess Carter and then everyone else was carted away and Alex Greenwood had to receive some medical attention because she did have a little bit of blood on her head. But, oh, Jesus. Which is understandable. Completely understand that, Alex. But yeah, the players weren't in the sort of best of moods and looked obviously understandably very upset um, so yeah we didn't manage to speak to them too much but what we will take away from this is obviously how amazing they have all been throughout this tournament speaking to us the performances they've put in have not always been the best but they have always found a way um, I think they've overachieved yeah and I think we were almost worried about speaking too much about the injuries beforehand mm-hmm. because we didn't want to appear like we were making excuses which is what everyone would accuse fair media of but it's literally that was the spine of the team. When you think about the impact that Williamson, mm-hmm. Kirby, and yeah. Mead had on the Euros, yeah, and huge. now they're not here. So I actually do think to get to the the final, I swear I saw somewhere that Lucy Bronze said everyone had written them off that they weren't going to get out of the group. Not sure what she was. Carry on as you were. Come on, you've got this. I'm not sure what media that Lucy Bronze was reading. Um, because I think we all pegged them to at least get to the quarterfinals. So at the very least, yeah, I think no, I think they've overachieved, um, and I think they can be proud of of how they've done with everything they've had to come through. With the fact that they've been like changing formations and like players in, players out, players injured, players red carded, like you know, I think they could be pretty pleased with themselves. And overall, Chloe, I don't know about you, but it's been a bloody great tournament. Absolutely. It's been, I think sometimes, like, the moments themselves have been so intense when you're at the games and you sort of want, they're going to slam the door. Yeah. 
when <laughs> you've been in the games and you're kind of working to understand like what's going on, what the next story is, like you know where the players are going to be and things like that, and like what the formation is going to be or who's going to be stepping in. I think you can get involved in the nitty gritty of it without taking a step back, and you come to the end of these tournaments and you kind of look back at all the kind of best moments and like you know even sort of um being in the fan zones being around people who you know love and support the community i mean even today we were down in um squires landing which has become the kind of um england fan base this big hub overlooking um sydney harbour and uh sydney opera house and things and the it was just filled br- brim filled with england players and uh, not players that'd be yeah that's why they're lost worrying. actually they're all down squires landing before the match having a few scoops <laughs> They deserve it, um, but fans. yeah, it was full of it was full of fans. Uh, Kelly Simmons was down there. It was full of uh, media. It was full of just anyone who cared about women's football. I met those same fans. So they went to Manly today. Oh yeah, and we went got the, the ferry over. We met them there. They, they all had a big photo on the beach, and then we all went back on the ferry back to Sydney, and then they went to Squires Island. So we did that little journey with them. It was really fun. They basically took over this ferry boat, and we were just singing and some great chants. So that was really fun. It's just it's just been a really cute tournament, and it's just it's so nice having discussions with like uber drivers like with people who've been involved in the tournament in some way with volunteers um and everyone has just got behind the whole thing it's been absolutely incredible um well done australia and new zealand it's yeah. been the best world cup ever. you've been absolutely insane absolutely credit to your hosting abilities because yeah people have been super impressed um but yeah before we get on to our final final question which is a little bit it's going to touch a little bit on what we've just spoken about do you think the England squad is going to look a little bit different uh, for the next major tournament, the Euros, basically, in 2025? I mean, I know we've got the Paris Olympics 2024, but obviously it could be a little bit different with it being Team GB. Um, um, we do have a couple of old, oldies in the squad. Easy. They're now. all younger than us. Um, um, I mean, yeah. But I think given the next uh, major tournament, Euros, two years, I think we'll probably see some of these players still. Mm-hmm. Um, I think they'll be, you know... We'll be seeing our, our Russos and our Toons and our Lauren Jameses and stuff, I think, being the, the, the fresh legs, the players that start games like we've seen here. Senior leaders of the squad. Yeah, a bit wild. I think we'll see some youngsters coming through for sure. Um, but I'm not sure we'll have any retirements before the Euros, but, you know, I could be wrong. Oh, well, Lucy Bonds was specifically asked about whether, you know, she, she would be making the next World Cup. Oh. And then she said, well, if you think that I'm retiring, then I'm not. Um, she didn't sound very happy about it. That's the bluntness of what I've just responded is exactly the intonation that was given. Um, Lucy Bronze is one of the fittest out there. Would you, physically or attractive-wise? or what, Obviously, physically, as an athlete, she's one of the fittest you think players. So? She is. She prides herself on being one is of the fittest. She looks the fittest, though. Just because she runs fast. Yeah, she does run fast. And I think all round, and I think Lucy's the kind of player who, you know, people have spoken about her before, that she's one of the... Obviously, they're all super professional, but she's one of the like utmost. She pushes herself at every opportunity to be better mm. and do better. And I think I can't see her retiring anytime, anytime soon. soon. Yeah. All right, Lou, stay with us, mate, because we've got the, the Olympics next year. No doubt you'll be selected. And also you've got the Euros the year after. So, And you've got the World Cup in 2027. So we need you, mate. All right, we need you. Stick with it. Don't, yeah, don't go anywhere. Right, to wrap this up, I'm going to ask you, you've got a question in. Katie Pinkard has asked a beautiful question to end this pod on. What has been your favourite part of the tournament? It doesn't even need to be specifically football related. It could just be a special moment that you've had. So I have two. One is a very special and one is like probably the most random thing I did in the tournament, which I think is quite funny. Oh okay. First one is probably really obvious, getting to see Ireland in a major tournament and getting to 
Oh, experience were in it. Thanks. Yeah. Getting to experience the fans um, out here for the first major tournament, that was incredibly special. It feels like about six years ago, but it was um, very, very special for me. And seeing them, seeing the anthem open at the Stadium Australia in front of 75,000 was unreal. Really random thing. I did a bit of work with Emma Hayes the other night and... Get you, just name drop, casually name dropping Emma Hayes, go on. Hands me a bag of Murray mints and goes, can you get these to Lauren James for me? And I was like, um, yes, but yes, I don't know. You probably fucking have more hell, But I feel like you would probably. I was like, okay. So I went home. She also very kindly gave me some Vegemite. Did you want that? Uh, no. And she gave me a hoodie. So I was like, cool. Right. I'll have that. Random um, red gifts. Very nice lady, as we all know. Absolute legend. Uh, and I had to go into the England Hotel with a little bag of Murray mints. I put them in another bag and go up to the reception and go, I'm so sorry, this is really weird. But um, please may I leave these uh, gifts from home, from Chelsea manager Emma Heath, um, to go to Lauren James, please. Uh, and I'm so sorry, that's really weird. And the guy was like, oh, yeah, it's totally fine, no problem. Like, it was an absolutely normal thing to do. So I really hope... Lauren James got her merriments. I think that just goes to show how welcoming Australia has been because in any other any other country they'd have been like th- that'd have been gone in like the terrorist disposal unit like that just would have been like no you're absolutely not bringing your weird little mints into this hotel. I said to him I've got someone messaging her to tell her that they're here so like she knows that it's happening. <laughs> I, remember, I was walking in I said to self I was like this is the most random thing I've done this whole tournament. It could have poisoned the whole bloody squad. <laughs> No, I would have batted an eyelid. Oh, yeah, just this, this weird oh God, bag. Maybe, I shouldn't, up to the, maybe the I shouldn't have told you that. It was literally a bag of actual moments. Maybe I shouldn't have told you that. Bizarre. Um, unreal. Anyway, thank you. Your turn. Oh, well, gosh. Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, I went no. straight in there, didn't I? <laughs> you I were like, finish this spot. I, I don't even care. I hated the tournament. <laughs> okay. My special moment, would def- that's got to be up there. That's got to be up there seeing an England final on the other side of the world with pretty decent seats I know it wasn't the plan that we all expected to happen but at the same time it was just a mom it was it was being a part of history and that was absolutely unreal for me and also my mum coming out it was oh. really nice yeah she came out a few days ago and it was her birthday today oh. so um, yeah managed to get her a ticket oh and God. um your mum and girls on the ball have the same birthday Oh my god, me! Yeah, it's our eleventh birthday today. Well, we'll have to go out and celebrate now. We're going to have one of those um, Bondi, Bundy, Bundy and Cokes. Bundy. <laughs> yeah. It's like Bondi Beach. I don't know where we're going with this. Right. On that weird little note, thank you so, 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 so much um, for listening to not only the final episode of the absolute nonsense and weirdness and unraveling that we have been giving you every single kind of couple of days. Thank you so much for coming on this very emotional, very special journey with us. The support, the listens, the comments, the coming up up to us us and saying it has honestly been the wildest and most beautiful thing. So please keep listening please keep like telling us how you feel about it good or bad um giving us your opinions we absolutely love uh, hearing from you guys um and just really really appreciate all of you so thank and, you and we love a five-star review if you're feeling really generous um especially an episode like this where this door has slammed every five minutes and I mean, it's about to go again what more would you want to listen to yeah five really? stars just for the background noise yeah. here it is wait for it just oh oh my god no. do you know why that was a woman Oh, so God. she politely closed the door. Well, isn't that just the Obviously. theme of this tournament? Um, if you enjoyed our coverage, like Rach said, please do leave us a five-star review. It really does help us and the show. Um, and if you haven't already, remember to subscribe so that you won't miss us when we return in September, which literally feels like tomorrow, uh, for the new WSL season. And we'll be in a studio. Oh, my God, So you yeah. won't have any of this noisy shit behind uh, us. Oh, we can get some audio of this. Uh, <laughs> yeah, remember. Every so often. <laughs> just, just like, drop the door slam. slam in. <laughs> 
You can find us on Instagram and Twitter. I am at Morgie underscore 89. Rach is at Girls on the Ball. And we are at Upfront underscore pod. You can also find us on YouTube. We are at Upfront pod. Thank you and see you next season. Bye. Upfront is a stack production and part of the ACAST Creator Network. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.